Welcome to this edition of Faith in a Republic. I am your host, Keith Haney. This is a new podcast about the role of faith in the American story. On this podcast, you will get a bit of history as we walk, talk about how faith has shaped the course of human events. But you'll also get inspiring stories from ordinary people about how God has shaped their lives and their story. Today and this month, we're focusing on the sanctity of life. It's often a topic that we don't talk about and we don't deal with, but today our topic is healing after an abortion. God has a unique plan and a beautiful plan of healing for you. You don't have to suffer alone. Abortion can leave many women and men suffering from deep guilt, shame, pain, anxiety, depression, fear, and feelings of isolation from God and others, sometimes for many years. The goal of this podcast today is to begin the process of healing so you can experience a peace and healing that comes only from God. You should know that there is nothing, absolutely nothing, that is beyond the love and mercy of Jesus Christ. No sin is too big for him, no darkness too great. Your abortion is not the end of your story. It's just one chapter in your book. My guest today is Twilene Lee. And we're going to talk today about how we can heal from abortion. Twilene is an expert in helping victims of trauma, terminally ill patients and their families, women who've lost children to natural causes and violence. She works with teenagers, individuals, and women who are struggling with depression, anxiety, low self-esteem, abortion, and relationship issues. She is pro-life and a woman's ministry speaker, a certified a Christian life coach, and a master of certification in mindset coaching. She's a certified moderator through Project Ujima, youth development mentor, and a certificate in counseling on access of lethal matters, CALM, and suicide prevention. She coaches women on how to be a better version of themselves, how to live out their dreams, and become multi-passion entrepreneurs, launch their businesses to be successful. Educated in Akron's public school system and later attended the University of Akron, Liberty University, and Ashford University, she holds a Master of Arts in Psychology and Education. She's currently a student at Berea Bible Institute, furthering her studies in theology. Her illustrated teachings and voice allows her to connect life's events and biblical instructions. Forever His Girl was birthed out of one of those signature teachings. She is the CEO and founder of Forever His Girl, a nonprofit organization that services uh, the service needs to be pregnant moms, families, and post-abortive women. In her leisure time, she teaches prenatal and parenting classes at a crisis center located in her hometown. She offers spiritual support to moms who have lost a child to natural causes and violence. Twilene has a heart for helping women and helps people create results. She is very active in her community, and she volunteers for various nonprofit agencies in her hometown. In addition to serving on committees and different religious organizations, such as Sisters in Fellowship and Kerygma. Thank you, uh, Kylene, for being part of this podcast today. And I'm just really excited to be able to have you as a guest on this. Thank you. So thank you very much. I want to kind of ease my guest into this process. So what's the best advice you've ever received? The best advice comes from my grandmother. She was a pastor. And she will always tell me to fall is life lesson. When you stay there, that's your choice. 
But when you get back up, that says that you want to live. That was the best advice that she gave me. That's pretty good. Reminds me of that song by, is it, uh, oh, We Fall Down. <laughs> Uh, by yeah, Donnie McClurkin. McCur- yeah, Donnie McClurkin. Yeah. Yes. I love that. Mm-hmm. So tell us about your faith journey. Well, I grew up in a Pentecostal church. I mean, Pentecostal family. My grandmother was the pastor of a church. Um, everybody in my family is either a bishop, a minister, a pastor. So I can get out of the church if I wanted to because they'll <laughs> pray me back in. That's right. <laughs> so. Yeah, so um, being up under her, I was raised by my grandparents and, you know, attending Sunday services every Sunday, Bible class. Um, I I was raised to um, play the organ. You know, she taught me how to play the organ. I um, played the organ for her church. Um, What else? We were in Friday night services, pretty much church Sunday through Sunday. You know, so after that, um, I decided that I didn't want to do it after I became an adult. But now I can't stay out of the church. Right. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you go to college and you're like, okay, I'm not doing that no more. But it's just something tugging at you saying, you know what, get up, go find a church. So that's what I did. But I stayed in the church. I can't get out of it now. That's right. God, like the hound of Baskerville, always looks looks is always searching for you. Right. So right, tell us about right. you know you you mentioned in, in your bio a little bit that Forever His Girl was founded out of one of your teachings. So tell us about what the organization does. What's the purpose of it? Give us a little more depth about Forever His Girl. Well, I always wanted to help women, and you know I would go to different organizations, volunteering, helping, spending time with them. And I wanted to do something different outside of the organization. And um, one day I was interning at a uh, behavioral health center and a friend told me about this agency that helps women who are post-abortive and uh, moms in crisis. So I went there and I thought, well, this would be a breeze. So my first client, she started telling me about her abortion story. And it kind of struck me because I was like, wow, I didn't know that you guys go through that. You know, and um, I didn't know how to help her because I had never had an abortion before. You know, so I'm sitting there listening to her story and, you know, going through the checklist and everything. And I just felt bad because I didn't know what to say. So I went home, started praying and, you know, asking the Lord, what do I say? And the whole time God was silent. You know, so I go back the next day right. at another client, same thing. Yeah, so I'm like, what do I say to these women? So um, the answer came through another woman outside of the crisis center where she was, you know, crying. And I went to her to see what was wrong. And she told me that she had went to a church to talk to a pastor about um, her abortion. And... Um, The pastor said that he had no respect for a woman that had an abortion, but he didn't hear her story. She was a victim of trafficking in the past and, you know, had several abortions. And she said after he said that, she got up and left out of the church, never went back. So I'm sitting here trying to, you know, minister to her. And I just said, you know, God forgives you. 
And she looked at me, she was like, nobody's ever told me that before. So that's how I got that answer. So I would go back to the place where I was working and I would tell these women, God forgives you. You know there's forgiveness after abortion. They had never heard that. So in our conversations, um, I would ask them if they had gone to a pastor to see if he could have influenced their decision to not have the abortion, would they have done it? And most of them said that they couldn't go. So I was like, that doesn't make sense because that's why he's there. But I guess it was a thing where they felt um, bad about being convicted of the sin, you know, of having sex out of marriage or, you know, having an affair or whatever. But, you know, my job there was to not stand in the way of a pastor, but stand in the gap and tell them what needs to be said. That's powerful. This is why I created. Yes. So I um, came up with this idea for Ever His Girl. And I was like, Lord, you got to help me on this, you know, because even in their past when they made mistakes or they had an abortion or went through this or whatever it was, you're still God's girl, regardless. You know, regardless what people are saying, you know, how they throw those arrows at you and say you're a, a child murderer or baby killer. That's not how God sees you. You know, you're still his girl. So that's how Fabry's girl came about. That's a powerful message, I think, for women who need to, who are struggling with that sin, that mistake. Right. Uh, they need to know that that there's nothing that's too big for God and, and God doesn't turn his back on you. I, I think for, for the right. church, it's hard because I think we don't know what to say. Um, and so right. we don't, we tend to say the wrong thing. I think that, that idea is he just needed to hear a pastor say, in, instead of, of God, your sins are forgiven. Right. Your, your hurt is forgiven. You're right. still his. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. And I think that is the problem that they really just don't know what to say. So I believe that that's why God had, you know, put me in that place of position to speak and say what needs to be said. So I'm, I'm real careful because I do have some who come in there are very angry. And, you know, with the background in psychology, you have to calm the room down to get them to, you know, open up and just talk. So so you talked about you heard their story. What, what's the what's the greatest misconception or, or, or about the stories that we don't often hear that would give us insights as to how to communicate and how to provide, how to provide the grace that you just talked about to someone who's dealing with abortion. Well, one of the things is um, their life will get better after the abortion, which is a lot. It gets worse that they can't go to school and finish their education, which is a lot because you can, right? Um, another misconception is um, it's going to help your relationship. That is another thing. That's not true. Relationships do not last after abortion. Why do you think that is? Um, well, I look at it like this. I know that in cases where there's a mom and a dad, couples, married couples, when you lose a child, that relationship, it suffers. And usually those marriages end in divorce. And I believe it's... It has some similarities. You have the mom and your dad, the dad, and you have this child that was aborted, that was murdered. And neither parent can express how they feel. 
Mom is feeling a certain way. Dad is feeling a certain way. The mom can't tell the dad, well, I'm hurting like this. Dad can't say, well, I'm hurting like this. And there's a lack of communication. And the next thing you know, it escalates out of control. And then here comes the finances. When you having finances, financial problems on top of that, the marriage is just like all out of order. So I believe that that has, is similar. So it's kind of like what Jesus says in Matthew about you building this foundation on sand. And so as soon as the storm comes, and the storms will always come, there's not a foundation that support the storms that are coming. That's 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 amazing. I I don't think as even as a pastor, I have thought about it from that perspective of what did it take for you to make that decision and the pain that you had to go through to make that decision, and now. You have to live with that every single day, that loss of life that we, we kind of, you just can't like erase that and never go think about it again. It's always on your mind. That date is always on your mind that it happened, the events around it, and the emotions are always there. I hear a lot of women say that um, they still remember the color of the room, the scent, the sound that was going on when they had that abortion. And I noticed that a lot of my clients have trouble running a sweeper. And I was like, why? You know, because it reminds them of a vacuum, the mm. vacuum, you know, in abortion clinic. Yeah, so, and you can just imagine how that relationship looks in the house. You know, the husband comes home and the floor is not swept and, you know, she's doing the best that she can. And, you know, she can't say, well, you know, it's just that sound, you know, that takes, you know, it creates PTSD. And I'm listening to it and it takes me back to the day that I had that abortion. Right. So uh, we talked a little bit about that there's more than just a mother involved. There's a family issue. So how do you help the families deal with the pain after abortion and the work that you do? Many people believe that it doesn't affect the father, which it does. Abortion does affect the father. And I'm finding that when the father comes in, and sometimes he doesn't even discuss how he feels with the, the wife or the significant other, we're finding it out the first time, you know, that he's hurting too, you know? And then, like I said, it's, there's that communication issue. It also affects the grandparents. Because the grandparents are like, well, you should have came to me. We could have helped you or, you know, we could have supported you through this journey. But I I guess it's a private thing between, you know, the husband and the wife or the significant other and and the girlfriend. It also affects the kids because the kids are thinking, why did you abort my brother or sister? And you chose to have me. So you got all these questions in this family and it's yeah, I never thought about the kids impact on that. So as you, as you talk about, you know, this whole pain of that. So is there a process that you have discovered? I know every everybody's different, but is there certain things in the process that you do to help women heal who've had an abortion? First, we get them confessing. First job, one and nine. OK, we get them confessing because I'm finding out that many women cannot even utter the word abortion they say that thing 
And I try to get them to say, no, you got to confess that because that was the sin. It wasn't the thing that was the sin. It was the abortion. You have to say it. When they're comfortable, I don't force it. So we get them confessing, and we also take them through a phase of repentance. You know, you have to repent because we were finding that a lot of young girls were using abortion as birth control. They get pregnant and go get an abortion and think nothing of it, but they didn't understand that that was really, that's really damaging you. We also take them through a phase of forgiveness because many people don't understand what forgiveness is. It's giving them the right to hurt you after you wronged me. And I tell my clients, you have to forgive the abortionist. You have to forgive the person that convinced you to go down, down there, whether it was a friend, the, the father, or whoever. You have to forgive yourself for being angry all this time because that helps you move on. We also take them a to a period of writing out their feelings in a journal. You know, and after these sessions are completed what we do at the end is have a balloon releasing ceremony um i'm finding that a lot of our clients didn't know if they were having a boy or a girl they didn't know so they lived with that for a long time and what we do is um we try to tell them to give your baby a name if they don't know what the sex of the child was then we ask them to give them a name that both sexes share like um, Adrian or Stacy for both male and female if you don't know and we have these balloon releasing ceremonies at the end yeah I've seen it that's probably powerful to kind of let that go and just watch that that right. go we've even done some things where we have them write it down and we and we burn it so that 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 sin is you know just just kind of consumed by the fire so yeah that's a powerful imagery do you discover that some of the women who've had abortion felt that was their only option, that there was nothing else to do but abort the baby? They didn't consider abortion or, I mean, adoption or that this was my only chance. I have to do this. Yes, they didn't even know that they had other options like adoption or, you know, I've heard, uh, okay, I got really upset one day because I heard the father of the child say this. He said, I don't want my child being, I don't want to give my child up for adoption, knowing that that child is going to be abused. I rather abort it and give it back to God. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I said, you can't talk like that. I was like, what do you think is going on here? Right. So he, you know, he was just, he just didn't care. So I was like, my heart is broken. <laughs> right. You know, because for you to say that you're the father and you're supposed to carry your girlfriend or significant other, you know, you're supposed to cover her spiritually and physically, and you're talking like this, like, come on. But uh, yeah, I'm finding, yeah, it's, it's, it's really hard listening to it. So if, if you could give a, wor a, a message to a mom right now who discovered that she's pregnant and she thinks that abortion is the only option, what would you tell her right now? I would tell her to keep her baby, and here's why. You know, when God created us, he created us to make choices, okay, good or bad. And I also tell him that we all have a calling on our life. You know, we have a purpose. And I look at it as a ministry, and I tell her that 
you're a ministry. You're, you were called to go out here and help somebody else to change their life. You're holding, you're pregnant with a ministry, another ministry. That baby inside you is going to grow up, change somebody's life. So keep your baby. That's great. What's the important lessons you've learned from the ministry that you do? Just to be patient. Be patient because I get calls from women who, you know, are abortion minded. And no matter what you do, they're going to do what they want regardless. But if you just say the right thing, you can get them to change their mind. There was a young lady. She was thinking about having an abortion and everybody was telling her, I have a group that I facilitate and everybody was telling her, you know, don't do it because I made a mistake. You know, you're going to regret this. I mean, she was just hearing it from every angle. And I just sat there and I, I listened to everybody and I said, okay, it's my turn. You're going to be a wonderful mother. You know, just turn it around, use the little reverse psychology, you know, and I began to tell her, you're going to, you're, you're going to grow up. The baby's going to grow up. You're going to do everything that your mom showed you to this baby. And she began to cry, but she ended up keeping the baby. Thank God. You know, so those are some of the things that I would tell. So I like to think about God places here to, to leave a legacy. What do you want your legacy to be? My legacy, even after I'm gone, I want somebody to keep it going. Keep this going. Saving lives forever, his girl. Keep it. You know, I want women to realize that Ferry his girl is not just an agency. It's like a ministry. Because what we do is we find out where her needs are. You know, uh, we have different backgrounds coming in religious. You know, we have people who are Baptist, Pentecostal, Apostolic. We have one person that was a Satanist. Okay. Yes, I'm not lying. She's a Satanist. She didn't want us praying for her. She just wanted the services that we understood. Wow. So what we did was like when, you know, when they come in, you know, we find out where her needs are. We find out, you know, if she belongs to a, a church or not. If she doesn't, we try to hook them up with women's groups like women's, women's Bible studies. Or if um, I know her some churches in my area, I'll sign her up, you know, introduce her to maybe the pastor or somebody that I know in that church. The Satanist thing threw me off a little bit. I wasn't expecting that one. We pray at, at the end. We always pray. And I remember asking her, I said, can I pray for you? She was like, no. I was like, whoa, okay. <laughs> but we would want you to come back, you know, for right. our services. But she came a few times, but she didn't. I guess the heat was just too much for her. So we imagine. had lost her after that. I can imagine the heat was yeah. a little too hot for her. Um, yeah. <laughs> is there anything I, I didn't ask you that I should have asked you that you want to share? A lot of people have this confusion about what is pro-abortion and what is pro-choice. You know, pro-abortions, they feel that the woman has the right to abort the child. She shouldn't be stuck with it. That's, you know, I'm just paraphrasing. And pro-choice, they believe that she has the right to make her own decision. But as far as I'm concerned, I would never have the abortion. Right. That's what many pro-choice believe. So in uh, pro-life, we we believe in saving lives regardless. 
But I noticed that a lot of people feel like if the baby has like deformities, you know, that the mother has the right to abort. Um, say for instance, if the baby was um, born with no brain or the brain outside the head, they feel that the mother should abort. Me, I'm like, okay, just have the baby because you're not understanding that there's a lesson in it. Maybe for the mom or the dad, you never know. And um, another thing that we're noticing that um, when you have a abortion, that there there's a possibility that the mom could develop breast cancer later on. You know, it's not proven yet, but we're seeing cases where there's a possibility, you know, that she can develop um, breast cancer. Wow, I didn't know that. That's news. So this has been amazing. And I really thank you for taking the time to talk about this and how we heal. How can my listeners find more about your ministry, donate even for your cause? What's your website? How can I connect with you on social media? My website is www.foreverhisgirl.com. And I'm also on Facebook, so they can find me there under Twilene Lee. You might want to spell that for us, just for those who don't know how to spell it. Oh, uh, (laughs) T-W-I-L-E-E-N, Lee, L-E-E. Thank you. I really appreciate this. And and it's been a a great discussion. Um, For my listeners who want to go deeper, I really encourage you to follow this podcast as we talk about this month, especially life and the importance of life. I want to thank my guest, Twilene, for having the courage to share her story, how God is using her in some amazing ways to connect women with the gospel and the forgiveness that we receive from the things that we do that need that forgiveness. Uh, If you want to go deeper, you can follow my blog with the title, The Light Breaks Through at www.alightbreaksthrough.org and get similar content sent right in your email, in your box. In the meantime, you can subscribe to this podcast, take time to rate it and leave a review for me. This week, I'm having a special um, opportunity for those who leave a review. I will highlight that review in an upcoming podcast and give you kind of a shout out for all of social media to know who you are. Uh, You can find this podcast on iTunes, on Spotify. You can find it on iHeartRadio, a lot of other media outlets as well. Please take time to share this podcast with your friends on social media, especially for those young women who either you know have had an abortion or are considering it, so they know that there is forgiveness and there is a father who loves them, and they're always going to forever be his girl. Thanks again for joining me today on this faith-inspiring journey. And I just want to thank Twilene for really taking the time to share her story with my listeners. May God bless you this month as you think about and reflect on the value of life.